Welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a coach, speaker, and advisor dedicated to help you grow and transform not just your business, but your life. And today, we're going to be talking about narcissists. Now, everyone thinks as narcissists as someone who's arrogant and conceited and full of themselves, but there's so much more to be discussed about this. If you suspect someone in your life is disregarding, mistreating, or flat out dismissing your feelings, listen to this episode because we're going to really unpack and understand what makes a narcissist tick and how to protect yourself from harm. All this is coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. I am so glad that you are choosing to spend your time with me. If this is your very first time listening, make sure that you follow or subscribe. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And those of you guys who have been listening, thank you so much for just staying with me. Make sure that you share this podcast, write a review, leave me a voicemail message there is a link in the show notes below. Please leave your name and your hometown and what you've been loving. That way I know what you like and we can make sure that you get more of that and we can spread the message. This is a community and a community can only function when each individual person helps to support one another. So I thank you in advance for your support. Okay, everything we're going to be talking about can be found in more detail in my course, Amazing Attitude. Amazing Attitude is a 21-day program where I pop into your inbox each and every day and give you a special message from the heart as, as well as with journaling prompts to help you dive into further understanding and awareness about how you think, what you want, and how to go after what you desire and not just your business, but in your life. So I'm going to leave a link for Amazing Attitude if that is of interest to you. This podcast specific episode was really random, but I think it was a divine calling in the sense that when the universe or God or however you want to coin it spurs something that makes you feel really emotional then you can't help but want to share the knowledge and the experience that you've obtained. And what had happened was I was contacted with someone who was extremely uh, inappropriate in terms of how they were requesting certain things from me. And my, I remember feeling my blood boil and feeling very irritated because I know for me, and this might be for you, when you're feeling emotional about something, that is a clear indication that someone is attempting to or has violated your boundaries. And one of my biggest boundaries that I have is that we treat people with respect, okay? Someone is being disrespectful off the cuff, meaning that they're not taking into consideration your own issues, your own concern, and just trying to steamroll and to get what they want with no care or concern about the needs of others. That for me, that alert major red flags. And I remember just thinking in that instant, this person's a narcissist. And I had a pause and thought about think about and say, no, 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 narcissism is such a general catch-all term. And I want to share with you some information about what narcissism is. But before I get into that, I want to kind of explain to you a little bit about narcissism, because I think that everyone throws out the word narcissism, but they don't really know what that is. 
The term narcissism comes from the Roman poet Ovid's Metamorphosis, which was written in the year 8 AD. In book three of the poem, it tells the story of a mythical young man called Narcissus who spurns the advances of many potential lovers. When Narcissus is rejected by the nymph Echo, who was cursed to only echo the sounds that others made, the gods punish Narcissus by making him fall in love with his own reflection in a pool of water. And when Narcissus discovers that the object of his love cannot love him back, he slowly pines away and dies. So when you think about narcissism, we always just think about looking at each other and loving what we're seeing. That's typically when we see about people who are, all they do, they spend their time looking in the mirror. That's kind of that thought about what narcissism is. But actually, it's a little bit more complicated than that. It's a little bit more nuanced in the sense that it's a spectrum. There's some people who will rank a little bit higher and some people who will rank a little lower on the scale of narcissism. But the typical definition of narcissism is a grandiose sense of self-importance, a lack of empathy for others, and a need for excessive admiration and the belief that one is unique and deserving of special treatment or attention okay now here's the thing we all think of narcissism is is just bad but honestly there's actually two different main flavors of narcissism there is adaptive narcissism and there's maladaptive narcissism and right now i want to talk to you about adaptive Adaptive narcissism is not a bad thing. It is good. It helps us to be self-confident, awareness of our needs, ability to withstand adversity or struggle. That's what Amazing Attitude is really about, getting to who you are, what you want, why you want it, and how to obtain it. For people who have lost their identity because they've been in abusive, manipulative, destructive personal or professional relationships. I've known so many people who have been in toxic work environments. You need a healthy dose of adaptive narcissism to reclaim your power, to recognize who you are and where you want to be. So there's nothing wrong with narcissism for people who are single, unmarried, or just trying to understand who they are so they can be able to recognize if they are in a healthy situation. So I just wanted to demystify that idea that just because you say that you're narcissistic, you have narcissistic tendencies means that you're a total asshole. That's not the case at all. Okay. However, if we are in maladaptive, and this is where we're going to really dig in deep, maladaptive, mean mal meaning bad, meaning that you are so hyper-focused on yourself and your needs with with complete disregard for how your behavior and actions are being received by others, that is going to cause problems in your job, with your romantic partners, with your kids, with your family members. We've all had situations where we had a relative that insisted that we kiss them on the cheek or insisted that we call them or insisted that we do something for a relative or mom or father or whoever. That's narcissism, where they were putting their own wants and their own needs over others. And so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to break down five main types of maladaptive narcissism. And the reason why we're going to go granular is that with this is that 
you may realize that there is no complete cookie cutter person who only fills one role. Okay. There might be a mix of two or three of them. I don't know. Everybody's different, but I just want to give a, a brief overview about what narcissism looks like, maladaptive narcissism specifically, because this is going to be able to help you understand who you're working with. And then towards the end of our time with one another, I want to teach you some quick tools about how to deal with narcissists, maladaptive narcissistic behavior in general, because so often codependent people People who are addicted to love and romance, they fall prey to people with maladaptive narcissistic tendencies. And it feels like quicksand. I remember um, uh, thinking about a client right now who was more or less a mistress to a man for 14 years. And not only was this married man having a relationship with her, a romantic relationship with her, but it was with other women simultaneously. It's very powerful. This particular man, married man that my client was, client was engaged with and sexually was very powerful and influential. But anyway, she has not been in a relationship with him for four years and she still is hooked hooked to the point where she hasn't been able to marry anyone else, have kids, form real meaningful romantic partnerships because she's hooked with a narcissist. And I don't want that for you. I don't want to listen to people in pain unnecessarily because they don't understand who they're dealing with. And that's kind of why I want to make sure that you are equipped with these tools. So without further ado, let's talk about the five main types of maladaptive narcissist okay the first one the, the the most classic one that we've always heard about is the overt nar- narcissist and this is someone who seems very outgoing very sociable arrogant entitled overbearing they you it's like if you don't talk to them within a half an hour or whenever they ask you to, they, they're quickly calling up you and say, Hey, wait a minute. I thought you were supposed to call me. Give me attention. I was thinking about one particular client that I I've had where she demanded that we would be in con- in contact way above and beyond what was agreed to as part of a coaching relationship. I mean, there are people who just demand everything from you. They have an exaggerated self-image. They need to be praised and admired. They're exploitative. They will definitely sniff out your insecurities and use it to their own advantage. And they're competitive and they lack empathy. This is typically what we see that was dis- that's mostly displayed in movies and television shows and <coughs> politicians. This is basically what we see when someone that that appears or is trying to appear bigger than life they seem very charismatic but you don't realize that they you are just a cog in their machine or their grandiose plot of whatever they're they're seeking on a grander scale this is overt narcissism but what i want to talk to you about is covert narcissism okay this is a little bit different overt up in your face but covert is a little bit different. Remember how I said in the beginning where 
narcissism is like you're so inwardly focused. Well, covert narcissism are people with low self-esteem. And what people with low self-esteem and high self-esteem, they actually suffer from the same problem is that they're hyper-focused on themselves and their insecurities and what they want. So a covert is not so much outgoing. They're more, they seem more introverted, insecure, low self-esteem, low confidence, defensiveness. You can't criticize anything they say or do because they're going to snap back or withdraw or pout or deny. Defensiveness, avoidance. They never want the spotlight shone on them because anything that can make them feel bad, they run, run, run. A tendency to feel a play the victim. That's a huge thing with the covert narcissist. The covert narcissist never wants to feel as if it's their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. That way they can never claim to be responsible when things go sideways. Okay, And they also have anxiety, depression, and shame. A lot of shame issues because they feel as if they're not worthy unless they have total eyes on them. Now, here's the thing. I just want to just pause and stop and as before we go on and saying that those, and it may be yourself right now, I don't know. If you're suffering with covert narcissism, that definitely means that there is some type of lack or there is some unhealed wounds or issues that need to be resolved. Because unless these things are resolved, you're going to continue to attract more harmful people that will continue to wound your ego, potentially your wallet, and financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, to the point where you feel completely depleted. And every time someone would try to help you, you may end up lashing out, getting angry, getting more withdrawal, and go deep into that covert narcissism. So I implore you that if you are seeking a way out of depression and self-pity and shame or anxiety, that amazing attitude can will help you to see things from a different light so that you can reclaim your power. And so you're not so hyper-focused on yourself and your issues and your deficiencies. Okay. Now let's kind of uh, continue with the list. We talked about overt and covert narcissism. We're going to talk about antagonistic narcissism. This is people who are arrogant. They have a tendency to take advantage of others. They have a tendency to compete with others. And they're disagreeable or prone to arguing. You know, I think about that movie Heathers. It was, I think, 1986. Now I'm dating myself. <laughs> but it was this this group of girls they were all named heather except one and they there was this one girl in the heathers group that just wanted to get out and she hooked up with a true malignant narcissist and we're going to talk about that later malignant narcissist where they more or less caused so much harm to other people till they found someone else that was actually more harmful than them and initiated some horrific things. So Heather's is a kind of cult classic late not late 1980s movie, but it definitely illustrated what this idea of um arrogant antagonistic narcissism is, okay? And la- now let's talk about malignant narcissism so, since I just meant this. These are people who are vindictive, sadists. 
they're aggressive when interacting and they have people paranoia, which means that they have a heightened worry about potential threats from other people. You typically see that malignant narcissistic behavior from criminals, rapists, thugs, drug dealers, where they actually get a kick off of the violence, people in the cartel. Again, there are spectrums to this. Now, I'm not to say that the the average thug on your street has the same narcissistic, malignant narcissism tendencies as a drug cartel leader. You know, I think about the movie Scarface with Al Pacino, and that was classic malignant narcissistic behavior where he didn't care who had to be killed. He didn't care how his behavior was negatively impacting. It was his way or no way at all. That is malignant narcissism. The last type of narcissism that I want to talk with you is called communal. Now, this is a very interesting type of narcissism. When I think about communal narcissism, I think about people who are former Catholics (laughs) and they have complained about very traumatizing experiences where they had with nuns, where they forced them to pray and they wore rosaries and they said that Jesus loves you and, uh, and God loves you. And then they would smack kids on the back of their head with a ruler or they would inflict terrible punishments on someone. Basically, this is people who... They value a sense of authority and fairness, but and may seem on the surface altruistic, but there's a huge gap between their beliefs and their behavior. Most people think of communal narcissism is commonly known as hypocrites, these pious hypocrites, these holier-than-thou people. And these are the people who become easily morally outraged, or they describe themselves as empathetic and generous. But you don't really see them volunteer or donate or do anything. And they react strongly to things that they see as unfair. Communal narcissism are so very apparent in religious sectors. And when I say religious, I'm not necessarily saying organized religion like Christianity or Islam or Judaism or whatever. It could be religion in piety in politics you know some people and i'm again i'm not gonna name names about who's better than not i i don't really care about all that stuff now but you know there's some people who are absolutely fanatics about worshiping one particular party or the other as a solution and then the other party is demonic which doesn't take into consideration that everyone has different variances in their preferences and the reasons why they value stuff. A malignant, pardon me, a communal narcissist doesn't care about the subtleties. They just want what they want. Uh, and they want you to comply because it seems like the right thing to do. So as I explain everything that we just talked about narcissism, I just do a, a friendly recap about everything that we talked about so far. There is two different main types of narcissism. There's adaptive, which is good because before you can become a, in order to be a we, you must be a solid I so that you can transform into an us, meaning that you have to understand who you are, what you want, what you need, what's important to you, your values, so that you can be able to interact with people 
in a way where everyone's needs are getting met. But in order to have needs are being met, we have to be able to acquiesce, show respect, be cordial, take other people's needs into consideration. So that whole adaptive narcissism works only when you're trying to form a unique sense of I so that you don't expose yourself to damaging people or situations. So I, I want to erase from our minds this idea that our, all narcissism is bad. But what we're talking about is maladaptive narcissism, okay? And so let's recap everything we talked about maladaptive narcissism. There is overt, in your face, just couldn't care less about how you feel or how you act. The covert, the low self-esteem, the more introverted, that suffers from depression, suffers from anxiety, afraid of really connecting with anyone because they're so frightened about anyone criticizing them or judging them, okay? There's antagonistic, arrogant, tendency to take advantage of others. There's communal, where... Think about the pious person that rules for thee, not for me kind of thing. And then malignant, where they're vindictive and they're sadistic and they show so much aggression when interacting with others. Now, we spent this time talking about maladaptive and adaptive. So what? how do we deal with this, Denise? <laughs> well, great question. So the way you deal with it is you don't deal with it, okay? I personally... I don't deal with narcissists, overt narcissists, any of malad. This type of people, I just can't work with because in order for me to teach, in order for you to be able to have that change, they're going to have to drop that heightened sense of self in order to be able to be receptive to ideas that threaten their existence. So I personally, I don't deal with narcissists, period all the different types of maladaptive narcissism. What I do do is I, if I have to, for whatever reason, interact with someone like that, I make sure that I have very clear boundaries about what I do, what I will not do, and how I will interact with someone. So if you're in a situation with a family member, a loved one, a boss, a partner, a colleague, and you recognize, oh, snap, Denise, this person's a narcissist. I'm not sitting here and telling you to burn the relationship, cut all ties and try to excommunicate them from your life. Maybe that's not possible. But what you can do is erect strong boundaries. Strong boundaries is what I talked to about earlier about adaptive narcissism. When you understand who you are, what you won't do, what you will do, and the reasons behind that. An amazing attitude is going to be able to help you understand the reasons behind that so you won't waver. Why? So that you don't feel insecure or afraid of being rejected. Because here's the thing, you don't want to be in a relationship in any form, professional or personal, with someone who has no concern or regard for their behavior. They're not worth it. It doesn't matter how much money, how much sex, influence, power, whatever. I'll never get forget. I remember... During the 2016, um, they were primarying for the, the presidential elections. And I'll never forget, and then Governor Chris Christie, he was a van, vying for a candidate um, to be the 
the GOP person for a president. And then at the time it was Donald Trump. And not, again, I'm not going to sit here and talk about who is right and who was not right in terms of politics beside the point. I just want to just say that first, first and foremost, but I'll never forget where they were, there was all these powerful, influential people. But in the course of within 18 months, Chris Christie essentially turned into the lap dog of Donald Trump. He would go speak. Donald Trump would literally say dehumanizing comments about that's my boy Chris or he's a that fatty but he works hard he would say dehumanizing statements and Chris Christie would nod his head and not complain in public how dehumanizing is that and I'm not going to sit here and say whether or not you it's good to like Chris Christie or Donald Trump and if you're offended about me talking negatively about Donald Trump that's not the point of the conversation the whole point of conversation is to say that narcissism is everywhere if you just open your eyes and really pay attention to it so the whole point is to you to be able to recognize how you can recognize them so that you can protect yourself from harm okay well was there something that i said that was like whoa like tell me a little bit more narcissism or what you what are you doing to protect yourself from narcissism i would love to know uh, connect with me my contact information is in the contact section below info.denisegelee.com slash connect there's a link where you can be able to send me a message so i'd love to hear from you well that is it thank you so much for listening i hope that this was helpful to you be sure to share this podcast with someone else if you found value well that is it thank you and be awesome